0: Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you very much for joining me today. This episode is going to be a little bit different to usual because I've <laughs> I've had to do a lot of pre-reading for a couple of podcasts recently. The Richard Wiseman episode that came out on Friday or Thursday, I can't remember which, but that one is uh that required some pre-reading and I've got Neary out on the podcast soon as well and he knows all about how to like get your attention back from tech which is something that's really important to me at the moment because I am drastically trying to reduce my screen time just living in a little bit of fear that we're giving way too much time to technology at the moment and forgetting the whole human connection side of life so I'm excited for that I've got some pre-reading to do so later this week there'll be a book review again apologies but inconsistencies should be something that you expect by now. Now just before we get into the episode, just remember I'm completely in control of how long I do the ads for and how long I do the sponsors for. So today it's very, very short. The podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy has changed my life. That's why I'm very, very passionate about getting other people to do it. If you are looking to get therapy yourself, head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you get 10% off of your first month of online therapy. The links are in the description there for that. And the podcast is also sponsored by Heights. Heights, are a brain care supplement, it's not something I ever thought I would need or use or want to spend my money on but it is brilliant, it's helped with my anxiety, it's helped with sleep and it's helped with focus and if you use a discount code need to read you get 10% off of any subscription and that means that it's about a pound a day over three months to feel on top of your game. I think everyone should do it just to see if their brain needs a little bit of extra nourishment but of course I'm paid to say that I do also think it's good though so yeah the link for that is in the description as well but let's get into the Q&A today um like I said like the Instagram question and answers are never that great because 15 seconds is just not enough so let's get into the questions people want to know so someone wants a book recommendation for knowing how to deal with emotions and not hiding from them. I would say Emotional Agility is learning how to deal with emotions. That is from Susan David. That is a really good book. I think it explains things quite nicely about learning to be with all of your emotions, not just the positive ones. Because I think sometimes we have a tendency to just try, focus, like on being present when we're happy but when we're sad we are not very present with those feelings which is a shame because like you have you have to feel it to heal it you know that's that is what people say on Instagram so it must be true so yeah that book will help you focus on sort of dealing with all of your emotions but I would also recommend Brene Brown Daring Greatly which is about vulnerability and being able to show up and showing up with courage because that's what it takes sometimes to deal with your emotions to face up to the ones that aren't that great. You need a little bit of courage it's not it's not um it's not easy to like tell someone you're struggling or to talk about stuff that you struggle with mentally. It's not easy to do that so another question was how to start being comfortable on your own and independent. I think whatever I say is going to be biased because i I'm already pretty comfortable on my own I would say that I would I would almost thrive on my own so anything I say is biased towards I'll do it anyway but just a little bit of practice it's it's like anything else in life if you just expose yourself to it a little bit and then expose yourself to a little bit more get those progressive overload gains of of uh, being more independent there are books I think you can read. It depends what kind of dependent you are. If you're in a relationship, if you're codependent, or if you're just solely dependent on other people, you just need to start like putting yourself out there. If it's something that you really struggle with, I would say potentially go to therapy. Um, but I would just say slowly, slowly expose yourself to more time on your own and more independence because you do kind of need it in life. Someone said, how did I get into what I do now? I don't know if people who are listening to this episode have listened to episode 1 or all the early episodes of how this started but essentially i was living in australia went to bali on holiday the pandemic came i couldn't get back into australia so i had to fly back to the uk that wasn't in my plans for that year i'm not the only one with scuppered plans that year um but when i got home i was like right i don't really want a real job I've never done a passion project before, I've done, I did like a tiny photography page once for about three weeks, but I'd never done a pure passion project, and I was like, well maybe I could turn it into a job, and I liked books, and I was, my friends were bored of me telling them about them, So I was like, yeah, do you know what, I'll just start a podcast, put it on the internet, see who wants to like hear it, because so I thought there's got to be people out there who are interested. The, odds are kind of in your favour, there are a lot of people in the world, it's just about finding them and reaching them, which, um, how did I get into doing what I do now, essentially the people that listen to this podcast have really helped with that, because just the the support is amazing, I don't know really what I'd do without it, I probably wouldn't have a podcast, because no one would be listening, so yeah, I essentially gave this a go, because I didn't really feel like I had any other options, and I definitely didn't want to go and get a normal job, because about three months before that, I just kept crying in the office job I had, and it wasn't great, Um, someone said that they think I'm doing very much good through the podcast, that's really kind of them, thank you very much, I don't often recognise it, because I don't see people in real life who are like, oh my god, hi, I listen to your stuff, or I like your work, it's all over the internet, which is, it is kind of disconnected as much as it connects us, it's uh. It's not that personal over the internet or it doesn't feel it that way. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate the nice messages that I get. I really, really do. And I make a conscious effort to try and take it on board, but getting stuff over the internet is not quite the same as someone coming up to you in real life and be like, hey mate, I like what you do. That if you ever see me in real life and you like this podcast, please come up to me and tell me. It's so good for my self-esteem, really. That's, that's what it's good for. Um, someone said, can I do a podcast about worrying about getting a good job from college I wouldn't dedicate a whole podcast to this but I would say that I'm pretty sure no one ever really is that happy with their job whatever they're doing there are of course people who are happy but there's always more that you you want you're always worried about the next step so um I am going to say that really annoying thing of like we'll just try not to worry about it because when you look at it logically or speak to people who have left college ask how many of them are in like a good job that they consider to be like their dream job i wouldn't so m- put so much pressure on it i would just head into the next like five six years of your life thinking right i'm just going to try stuff out do something in six months if you don't like it change because you definitely don't want to get stuck the rest of your life doing something you don't enjoy i'm pretty sure that, that is not the point in life so if you are just finishing college Get in your mind now that for the next like five six years, you can just try stuff out. And I don't even know what I'm saying. Five or six years, you could do that for the rest of your life. Who gives a fuck? There are no actual rules against this. Like, you can just try loads of different jobs, find the one that you like, and maybe you'll have an auntie that will be like, "Oh well, they they never settled down in a in a job, you know." Well, fuck her. Who cares? Do you know what I mean if you are that auntie I'm sorry for saying that but there will be people in your life who are going to be like right why aren't you in a settled job you don't need to listen to those people because they're not the one that actually has to live your life day to day so you need to do some trial and error and find out what you're kind of going to enjoy that's what I would suggest I would suggest not worrying about it but also that stuff before do I always read books or do I always listen to them? I don't always do either. I do I do a mix of both. I, I listen to quite a lot of Audible. I fell out of the habit of it, but, um, yeah, I get kind of obsessed every now and then. So I just listen to Stephen King's autobiography. I like to listen to autobiographies in Audible. I feel like it's quite nice to be told a story about someone's life, who's interesting. So the next one I'm going to do is Elon Musk's. Um... Someone says they're at the point in therapy now where she started to dread going and she feels like she has nothing left to tell her. It's getting awkward. How to overcome that? If you feel you have nothing to tell your therapist, tell your therapist that you have nothing. You're you're paying them. So just be like, hey, I don't really feel like I have anything to tell you. Should we stop? But you don't have to keep going. If you feel like you're ready to go off of it, go off of it. You don't have to go to therapy for the rest of your life. There is going to come a stage where you're like, you know what, I feel like I'm ready to not have that every week or every other week or once a month. Like, you'll get to that stage and and that's fine. Like, you don't have to be in therapy forever. It's not like you're going to go and see, like, an Americanized kind of shrink every single week for the rest of your life. You don't have to do that. Of course, if you did that for the rest of your life, like, it's expensive. Just kind of work out with yourself if you think "Hmm, maybe it's not worth me doing this anymore so be honest with the therapist you literally pay her you can stop paying her whenever you want or him sorry um someone said they recently moved to london anxiety has popped up again any tips for settling in more meditate every single morning for 20 minutes half an hour it's going to be really fucking difficult but just do that whenever I meditate for a shorter amount of time than like 20 minutes I feel really anxious I don't really like London personally I feel like the building's too big I feel like the people walk too fast I feel like that there's too much stress in this city for me and I shall be leaving at the earliest opportunity but in the meantime whilst you have to deal with that anxiety just meditate find the green spaces in London find a hobby that you enjoy that will make you develop a skill just try and like ground yourself a little bit and do some things you enjoy, and meditate. Uh, Talk about the concept of moral desert, and doing things just to impress people. I don't know about the moral desert concept, but people doing things just to impress people is stupid, but it is kind of ingrained in our genes, like we want to impress our tribe. We want to have elevated status in our tribe. We don't want to be the one who don't impress people, unfortunately. And you can't really escape the like will to please people. There are people who say you can, but they're just taking their will to please a certain type of person, taking it into a new group of people, who they're then trying to impress? There's a lot of hypocrisy in it, um, especially in the like spiritual world. But I don't think you can escape trying to impress people. But I would do your best to be conscious of it. And yeah, I think a lot of people do stuff to impress people without even realizing it. I think it is that deep ingrained in people that need for acceptance, that need for validation from other people. And the reason for that is because it does feel nice when you are validated, when you are accepted. It doesn't particularly feel bad when people like you, does it? So I don't know about the moral desert, but that is my uh, opinion on it. Someone said, why and how did you start smoking weed regularly? It just works for me. I'm not saying it works for everyone. I would never encourage um, drug use. But for me, it works. I don't really drink alcohol. Um, I don't really see that there's much of a difference between the two, apart from alcohol is the leading contributor to violent crime. Um, and domestic abuse so I would say that weed's better but obviously I'm not the government, I don't make the law I don't make the rules, um, it helps my creativity, it helps me to relax, it helps me in quite a few ways and um, I think I just used to buy into the stigma around it of like oh my god if you just smoke weed you'll be a pothead um, there are a lot of people who smoke weed and become super super lazy I Fortunately, I'm not one of them. I'm a pretty high-functioning stoner, and there's, yeah, I, th- I think people would be surprised as to like how much someone could do. Like, not like Joe Rogan though. He's definitely a high-functioning stoner. Um, so, yeah, why did I? Uh, I started smoking a lot in Australia actually because I liked going to go into Bondi Rocks and looking out at the sea, and listening to Jay Cole, and getting stoned, and that's how it started. Um, someone says they have a general negative perception of people, book recommendations to help, you've got to start looking for the good you've got to start talking to people, because I guarantee if you're thinking people are really that bad, you do have to start talking to them I've started talking to more people recently, because I have a tendency to be quite negative um, about people, so I'm trying at the moment I would say I can't think of any books, but just really try and chat to some people force a conversation compliment someone see what happens how to not see an introvert as a bad thing in a world made for extroverts that is a problem the it is so catered for extroverts we're rewarded for being the people who put themselves out there people who socialize people who do all of these kind of like extrovert tendencies go out all the time go out and like have fun it is bullshit that that's how the world is catered to it for people who are introverts. But you just have to accept who you are. Read "Quiet" by Susan Cain. It's all about the power of introverts, and you'll be like oh, actually, Us introverts are way more important um, than we we'd be sort of made to think. So, read, read, uh, read "Quiet" by Susan Cain, and just realise that the fact that you're an introvert probably means that you think on a little bit of a deeper level. How lucky is that you get to think at that level? Not to say that you're thinking at a higher level than other people, maybe you are, but I do think being an introvert and being introspective is a positive thing. And maybe that's because I read Susan Cain's book. Um, does deja vu mean that we've lived this life before someone says they don't care what science says I think yes I honestly think people that say I don't care what science say um, you really should care what science say you definitely should care what science says because science is like they're proving stuff it's pretty important do I think deja vu means we've lived this life before no the brain plays many a trick on us it's a complicated thing Um, But I don't think it means we've lived this life before. Any books on dealing with moving on from narcissistic people? Uh, Surrounded by psychopaths by Thomas Erickson. Psychopath, narcissist, synonym. It's just narcissists have slightly more emotion. Very, very slightly. Uh, So yes, Surrounded by Psychopaths by Thomas Erickson. Uh, Someone says they feel very unsatisfied with life. Do you have any suggestions on how to improve that unfortunately you're going to have to start with being grateful for what you have currently it's difficult sometimes and you have to force it but look around your life and think about all the things that you are genuinely thankful for I'm thankful for my bookshelf I'm thankful that I can see a tree out my window because if I didn't have either of those things I wouldn't desperately miss them but they're just nice to have so start by thinking about all the things that are nice to have in your life and then take on some responsibility. As in start like start a project or something that is for you. Maybe that's like arts and crafts and some form of like creative outlet. Who cares what it is? But just start something that means you are committed to a cause, as it were. Because the progress in that will give you satisfaction which will make you feel more satisfied in your life. Maybe that's a hobby that's like skill based, just something that you are working towards outside of work, outside of relationships, purely for yourself. Find something like that, and your sense of like satisfaction in life will go up. It will be a long road and it might be quite difficult, but I would very much suggest doing those things, shouldering some responsibility, trying to get yourself better at something, being responsible like to yourself. And then I can't remember the first thing. So, We'll move on from that question. Can I do a pod on attachment styles? Uh, No, I've uh, I understand the concept of attachment styles, but I like to get attached to ideas and things, so I'm not going to go down that road. I chat to my therapist, and she's like, "Well, what use is a label? Because how you were like three years ago in a relationship doesn't really impact how you are moment to moment." Of course, it might on the, like, oh, I haven't uncovered this particular trauma that made me be like this. But moment to moment, if you're like, I'm an anxious, anxious, anxious avoidant. I've got all of these different attachment styles that have negative connotations. It's not going to make you feel very good about yourself. And it's not going to be very encouraging to improve on that. So... I think attachment styles are good to be, like, acknowledge and be like, oh yeah, I kind of understand that maybe I'd fit into that one, but I won't be paying too much attention to them in in my lifetime. Someone says they look forward to my podcast every single week that is amazing. thank you very much. I really appreciate that it's uh it's nice to hear legend right so the next question any advice if someone really doesn't like themselves. Yeah, this is an emergency for you, and you need to look at self-compassion, because if you don't like yourself, you're going to think no one else likes you, or that you're not worthy of being liked by other people, and that is going to fucking suck, that is not going to be healthy for you, your brain is not going to like that, so right now I'm telling you, it is an emergency, you need to look at some self-compassion. There are videos on YouTube, Ted Talk by Kristen Neff. I'm doing a mindful self compassion booklet at the moment because it was a problem for me. I'm really not that cool to myself sometimes and it's it is so difficult sometimes to be a knob to yourself. It's really, really draining. So I'm like putting a real effort at the moment to try and just completely change that narrative of oh, I don't like myself or I think negatively about this about myself. I'm I'm not doing it anymore. I've had enough of it. You should be at that point too. Get the su- Mindful Self-Compassion booklet by Kristen Neff. Please. Because you have to be able to like yourself. Otherwise, you're just not going to feel worthy of anything. And that is going to suck. Uh, my Royal Marine journey. Someone says they never get over um, being barred due to injury. I don't know if that means that you were in training and then you got injured and had to like come out. Or if you just couldn't get in because you were injured. I don't talk about it that much because I don't know if everyone is aware of this, but my experience would be subjective, It'd be completely different to someone else's. My personality is going to be completely different to someone else's. But I, not that I regret it, but that was not right for me. I shouldn't have done that because I don't like authority. I don't really like people who like shout to motivate. That's not really my thing. That doesn't get me going. And I've mentioned authority is I don't like it. It's not. It's not for me. I also don't really have any interest in being like in the military. I didn't really feel like a sense of pride about it in the way that some other people do. Of like, I love the military. I'm so proud of what I'm doing. I didn't really feel like that. I didn't have like a fire in my belly. I was just like, oh, I just like fitness, so I'll just go in the Marines. That was all it was. And then I kind of convinced myself that I really loved it whilst I was there and as soon as I left hindsight's like a wonderful thing I was like, oh my god that was terrible for me so I don't talk about it too much because I have quite a negative experience but I do understand like careers in the military Royal Marines Army RAF Navy whatever one you want to go into can really really help some people and build them like a real stable network for the rest of themselves lives but it just was not for me so I don't want to talk about it that much because I might just convince someone not to do it, who actually really would like to do it. Um, but yeah, nothing but respect for the Marines, because I tell you what, that was tough. There was, it was It was pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I also reckon I have the Marines to thank for the fact that I'm a knob to myself. So, um, fuck some of them though, you know. Some people there were pretty mean. I know it's part of it, but... Um, yeah, I just don't think being means is that cool, personally. Um, I th- I've heard that it has changed quite a bit now, which is a good thing, because I think it needed to. Um, so, yeah, I'll it's a shame that you've never got over it, but I would read The Midnight Library by Matt Higg. That will definitely um, be helpful for you. What advice would I give my 18-year-old self? Don't join the Marines, mate. <laughs> um, why do people ghost people? Because they don't want to feel the discomfort of having the conversation. Um, I'm not a dating expert though. That would just be my assumption. Someone is in a reading rut. How do you get out of it? Unfortunately, you just read. You just have to read five minutes. Just do five minutes. Then just do ten minutes the next day. Slowly work it up. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't think you need to read a book in a week out of a reading rut and come out sprinting. Just start by walking. That's all you need to do. Uh, someone's Have I read Brian the immortality key yes this is a book about psychedelics and the origins of religion and I think it is so fascinating because early Christianity there was a hell of a lot of drugs going about and I think that that is uh, highlights a little bit of hypocrisy in the church which uh well, that's quite unusual isn't it it's not like a religious uh group to to be uh misleading or lie no they wouldn't do that yeah um yeah it's really interesting i haven't read the whole thing but i will at some point when i'm a bit more interested in psychedelics again at the moment i'm not that interested in them um best book to deal with a breakup or big life change option b uh by cheryl sandberg is good it's more about grief um but I suppose you do grieve after a breakup. The subtle art of not giving a fuck is great to just rejig your life and get yourself moving forward again. And Obstacle is away by Ryan Holiday. Someone says, Are we living in the Matrix and we're prescribed glasses to stop us seeing the glitch? <laughs> right. Good question. But the glasses seeing the glitch thing's where you lost me. You like not everyone who has like a sight impairment can see the matrix or is like a chosen one who can see the glitch doesn't matter of like that if per se we were living in a simulated reality, which I might sound crazy for this, but i've I've been having a quite a big deep like dig into the research. I don't understand it fully just yet. But there is quite a strong possibility that we are living in a simulated reality. Please don't stop listening to the podcast because I'm going to work out, like at some stage I'll get someone on to talk about it, to be like, right, explain this to me fully so that I don't butcher it. There is a possibility. You can't deny that there's a possibility that we're in a simulation already. Listen to Joe Rogan and Nick Bostrom if you are interested in that. I tried to read his book, it's very, very complicated, so I'm gonna to have to come back to it in like a year's time. Um, but like, is there a chance we're in the matrix? Yeah, potentially. Don't look into artificial intelligence if you want to have a good week, or day, or month. If you're feeling sad, do not look into artificial intelligence, it does not make for promising reading. I currently am like, right, people are worried about climate change. They shouldn't be. They should be worried about artificial intelligence. Nuclear war? Nah. Artificial intelligence. It's quite scary. So um, do I think we're in the matrix? No, but is it possible? Yeah, I reckon so. Do I think happiness is real? Or is it peace slash contentment we should be looking for? Why should we be looking for either of those things? I don't like it i don't think it has to be one or the other happiness peace contentment like we should be here and like be able to accept all of the emotions because you can't be happy all the time everyone knows that you can't be peaceful all the time everyone knows that like unless you dedicate your whole life to meditating you're probably not going to be peaceful all the time you will still stub your toe you will still naturally worry about people the health of the people that you love your relationships, you're naturally going to worry, you're not always going to be at peace. Um, of course, you can do things to drastically reduce the worry to get you closer to the peace, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily you need to be reaching for peace and contentment and happiness. Like, it, I think you'll find that they'll move further away f- from you the further you like reach for them, if you get what I mean. but happiness is definitely real, I think everyone feels it every now and then, some people feel it more than others, sometimes you don't feel it for a very long time, but it is definitely real, because even if you're mega depressed, like there'll be a time where something will happen and you'll have that weird like sensation in your face that hasn't been there for a while, there are muscles that are starting to creak and and start working again, you just got like a... A kind of a taut face. You're, you're smiling a little bit more. Doesn't have to be a full smile, but oh, wow, that's what what it's like to be happy. I think for me, I wasn't happy for a, for a little while, for over maybe the last couple of months. There's, but there have been times where I've been at peace, content, happy. It's all at once, all simultaneous emotions. So yeah, it's definitely real thoughts on psychedelics and how honest would you be about trips in therapy i was really interested in psychedelics um done quite a few i realized i was talking about them a bit too much uh so i just was like oh i'll just stop um so yeah i've done i've done a few um, i can't think that i'm going to be doing any soon um but when i've done them and i feel like my trips have been relatively profound i have mentioned them to my therapist like, oh this came up but sitting down with a the therapist and being like this is what I saw on my psychedelic trip is like hey this is what was in my dream people of course are like wow it showed me something about myself but you go into it looking and you find something and even if it hasn't got a meaning you're going to attach meaning to it so that in your head you're not just like oh I just trip balls so like oh, I trip balls man but I came to this realisation wow you wouldn't even get it do you do, do psychedelic oh you you wouldn't get it yeah I just came to this realisation it's like did you come to a realisation or did you just trip balls, and now you want to make it profound because psychedelics make things feel profound that's what they do it doesn't necessarily mean that it actually was profound it can make you see stuff that isn't there so why can't it make you feel stuff that isn't there you know I'll always be honest about it. I think the reason, and and I'll tell you why I'll be honest about it, actually, because if we demonise things like this, I get it, they are illegal, but people are going to do them, right? So what are you can do? I think the war on drugs is absolute bullshit. If you don't think that, read Chasing the Scream by Johan Hari and it will completely change your mind. It's one of the best bits of, pieces of like investigative journalism I've ever read. And it's so important. So we need to change the way that we talk about drugs because people feel so much shame. They feel shame, they feel disconnected, they get addicted. We need to stop that somewhere. People who are not addicted to drugs have a massive responsibility to the people who are addicted to drugs. So to not look at them like scum, to not look at them like people who have like made massive mistakes and, and not to judge them. It's like, who are we to judge those people for... Maybe a couple of questionable choices. There was maybe a time where they had a choice and it didn't work. They just, they did something. They went against what they should have done. Everyone does that. Everyone's a fucking human. Everyone makes mistakes. Keeping these people disconnected from society and from other people and from love is not a good idea. Because that is only going to feed their addiction more, their isolation. So what we need to do is instead of looking at like addiction as something... That's like should be demonised. It's something we should meet with, with love. Because you're not too good to be addicted to something. You just never know. When something like that might come up. I just think that there's a massive like. Judgmental cloud. That comes over people with addiction. From people who aren't addicted to stuff. It's like you don't even fucking understand it. You don't understand. How difficult it is to come off of something. So what right. Would it be for you to be like, oh, they made some decisions, silly decisions. Grow up. That's what I think people should do um, about drugs and psychedelics. So that's why I'll always talk about it honestly. Because if I don't talk about it honestly, maybe I've spoken about it honestly so much and there might be a time in my life where something happens and I turn to something and I accidentally get addicted because no one does it on purpose, right? But the fact that I've told people my friends, my family, people on the internet, they'll know and they might be able to spot it and they might be like, you're really honest with me about the stuff that you do and I think you're doing it too much. And that conversation could potentially save someone's life. So I think people should be more honest about it. I don't think it's... uh, It's not a conversation to be shied away from. But uh, that is it. I've got a book update for you, everybody. I was writing my book every day for... About three and a half months, and then I stopped. And I let three or four days go without writing, because I was really struggling. I was at 45,000 words, which, granted, is quite a lot. But I just something stopped me. And I haven't written for the last six weeks. I've had someone look through it and edit it and tell me how to make it better, because I want to make sure that this book is actually good. I don't want to just be like, hey guys, um, I've written a book, just buy it. For the sake of it I want it to be a good book and I want it to sell and I want it to go beyond my audience I want people to love it so I'm very conscious of like I really want it to be good and I'm trying not to be a perfectionist and I'm I'm trying to get it done but unfortunately I've got to change the story I've got to change a massive part of the story because I've had a new idea that I think works a lot better and I have to change so much of it so I thought I was going to be finished by the 4th of November I obviously stopped writing and now hey it might be another six months but I'll be getting back to writing every day and, and that's quite an important thing for me because gives it's like going back to people not feeling fulfilled in life like me not writing takes a little bit of the fulfillment out of my life because that is my like mission currently that is my one thing that I'm not like, really working towards because when I finish that book I'll be so proud of myself Um, and I think when we're not doing things that we want to do the things that we want to do when we're just not doing them, we forget that if we finish it, we get all of the good feelings at the end of it of just being able to look back and be like, Wow, I fucking did that. So that's what I'm gonna get back into, to get back into writing. Um, that is it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you liked it, please do share it. Um I understand it was a question and answer episode, a little bit different to the other ones we've done. Um maybe I'll do those every couple months. Um if you have any further questions, or if I've answered one of your questions and you need clarity, feel free to email me, please, at a at gmail.com and I will get back to you there. I think Instagram DMs is quite difficult for me because um, I get quite a lot of them. And I'm like I said, I'm conscious of my screen time, but we can hack the screen time thing by sending me an email. Makes me feel like I've got stuff to do. Um, you know, that's quite important. Other updates on what's coming up I'm going to be doing a webinar that is going to change people's lives, essentially, um, pre-Christmas and post-Christmas as well. I'm going to be running a webinar that will essentially allow you to head into the new year with like a sense of, wow, I'm really going to make a positive change in my life. I'm not a life coach. I've been asked to be people's life coach so many times. I like reading. I think I believe in the power of reading. I'm going to instill the fact that you can just you can read a lot more than you think and it will make a profound difference in your life. Right now, that sounds like a terrible idea, but the good news is I'm gonna put a lot of effort into this and you'll hear from me about it when you hear from me about it. Cause I want to make sure it's good, obviously. And I want to make sure that it's a use a good use of people's time if they were to come to it. So That is coming, and what else is coming up? What else is coming up? I I did my first corporate event the other day, corporate speaking event, convinced some people uh, in a business that they should read a lot more, because I genuinely believe that people in businesses should be reading far more than they currently are, just because of the general fulfilment it will add to people's lives. If you get your staff reading non-fiction books, oh my god your workforce will transform. If you're just getting reading fiction books as well, they'll become nicer people because we've already discussed that reading fiction makes people more empathetic, which then makes them better workers. So that is it from me. Thank you so much for listening, you absolute legends. All the sponsor information is in the description. Next, we've got a book review episode coming up or the conversation with Nir Yao. I'm not too sure which one I'm going to go for, but you're absolute legends. Love you, bye.